grace and peace to you. Friends, where do you do your best work? Where do you do your best thinking? This could be anything from schoolwork to making plans in your retirement and everything in between. Do you need the kind of gentle quiet found in a library? Do you need to know where everything is on your desk? Do you need music in your ears or the buzz of a busy place? As with many things we think about, there will be as many, if not more, answers than there are people thinking about this. There is no one-size-fits-all, and certainly no one single prescribed option that will be useful for everyone. In recognising that, what would you think to include if you were designing a modern and fit-for-purpose study space for a community? Would you seek to build something traditional that looked and behaved like the cartoon image of a place to work, study and think within? Or would you build a space with an unconnected hodgepodge of spaces so people could find their own place but be unconnected with those who are different to them. I think establishing a new space would be very hard. Building in versatility and connectedness, while recognising the need for differences to be held, is no easy task. But then again, neither is working in the one-size-fits-all model that we occasionally have now. If I were to suggest that everyone should work in a space similar to that which I find conducive, then I think we'd run up against problems. Not everyone would want to work with the free-range filing system that is my desk, and the amount of Lego and discarded coffee mugs on it, that could also prove a problem. Starting something or changing something to meet the needs of many that fits within current constraints is difficult. This isn't a new issue, and this isn't just about places of work. Reflection and study, this is about places of worship too. In our reading today, we will hear extracts from 1 Kings chapter 8, and I encourage you to go and read the whole chapter when you get a chance. Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David. The priests then brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. 
with your mouth you have promised and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me faithfully as you have done. And now, God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens and even the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be opened toward this temple night and day, this place of which you said, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer of your servant praise towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. As the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name. For they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm when they come and pray towards this temple. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you. As do your own people Israel, and may you know this house I have built in your name. Amen. Solomon is establishing and dedicating the temple. The settled and significant place of worship as desired by the previously nomadic people of God. The imposing temple, built and beautiful, but simply a fancy pile of stone until God was present. It's nothing until the ark, the representation of God in that place, has arrived. The temple is nothing without God, but of course God is still everything without the temple. Solomon's temple, an historic and ancient thing, is not the first thing that comes to mind when we think about how we do church today. Asking us where and how we interact with God and about who can interact with God. Solomon's temple isn't the guide that we would immediately go to. But we must ask ourselves these questions. We must ask where we find God do we find God in places of personal historic significance? The place where we were married, our children baptised, or simply the place we've always gone? Or indeed, do we find God in any building that feels like we, as individuals, think a church should feel like? Or do we encounter God elsewhere, in the grandeur of a mountaintop, the peace of a beach? That moment between being awake or asleep, 
Do we find God in the actions of service? Heaven cannot hold him, nor the earth contain. God is bigger than our buildings and bigger than our experiences. We cannot limit where God is. We cannot say that if we sit in a normal seat or go to our church, then we can't find God. However, we build, use and encounter God in our sacred buildings. So there must be something to them. They are clearly important, as all of us know. We all know the attachment to a place because of our family traditions and times of comfort found within a building. But it's not the bricks and mortar. It's the people and the Holy Spirit that make the church. But the stones are important. But the stones aren't God. In the final words of our reading, Solomon outlines that the temple is not just for Israel, but for foreigners as well, strangers and travellers in the land. This is not about the conflicting tribal deities of the ancient Near East some two and a half thousand years ago. This is about the God, not some tribal God. This is about the place for everyone. That everyone is welcome to encounter God in an honest and genuine way. So how do we do this? How do we include the people who encounter God in a way that's foreign to us? Or who've never tried before? How do we open our doors and change our ways to do the missional and transforming work of sharing the good news of God? How do we understand the changes that will come, that have come, that need to come? It's hard. So where do you find God? What is your relationship to our sacred buildings? And are you ready and willing to change the little things and the very big things, to allow others to encounter God. As we've thought about the difficulties we'd face in trying to find a space where all could study and think and work, the idea of finding a one-size-fits-all sacred building is overwhelming. But the good thing is that God is in our buildings, But God is everywhere else too. The church is not the stone walls or the slate roof. It's you and me. Those you know and those you don't know. So let's do what the church has always done. Look to God, found in the life, death and resurrection of Christ. Found in the nudges and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's do what the church has always done. And step out into the new and make the changes that allow us to share the love of God with friend and with stranger. As you step out into your week, remember that church doesn't end here. As Sunday becomes Monday, remember that God doesn't go anywhere. 
wherever you are, whenever you are. The church is there and God is there with you.